Here we are then, ready for a, another interview. Here we've got Simon Gray, and he's going to be talking about his book, um, all about the Senshusei course um, that he did in Japan, um, as well as some life lessons that I'm sure he learned there. So we're going to talk mainly about that, I think, today. Um, I finished it today, or I finished it oh, yesterday, finished it? sorry. Ah, yeah, good man, good all man. done now. I smashed <laughs> through it. It was, it was a good page turn. I couldn't really put it down, to be honest. So, good. yeah. It was really good. So, um, just for people that don't know you then, I'm sure most people in the Aikido world know you, um, and as well as kind of Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yes, you've, yeah. you've had a really good um, history in the martial arts. But just for anyone that doesn't know you, do you want to give yourself a, a little introduction? Yeah, so my name's Simon Gray. I've had quite a long career in martial arts. Started out in martial arts probably when I was 16, uh, Laogar Kung Fu, then went into Muay Thai for probably about 25 years. Uh, I used to travel up to Manchester to train up there, uh, had some fights, um, then discovered Aikido. Always been interested in Aikido in the background. Uh, discovered Aikido, crazy dream to go to Japan. <laughs> saw my house, saw my car, got on a plane, got to Japan, did the Senshisei course. Uh, came back from Japan. Um, since then, I've spent most of my martial arts time doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Um, so kind of packaged the whole thing together and lots of different experiences from all over the world. Fantastic. Okay, good. Let's talk about then briefly how you got started. Obviously, it's all in the book, so we don't want to give too much away because we want people to get the book. So yeah, sure, sure, it's, sure, it's, sure. it's very, very recommended by me. But um, yeah, how did you get started then? Or why did yeah. you get started? Yeah, I, I went to quite a tough school and uh, I got bullied at school. And this, this school, school was pretty, you read about it in the book, but it was, it was pretty tough school. And there was one guy in the school that nobody picked on. And uh, this guy was called Adrian. He's a guy that did Kung Fu. He had this private Kung Fu teacher, came to the school, taught him Kung Fu. Everyone was terrified of him. So I thought when I left that school at 16, I thought if I want to do anything in life, I want to learn what he already knew, which is sure. how I got into martial arts. Started out in Kung Fu, yeah. um, next to the Kung Fu school uh, in the recreation center where I trained, there was a Muay Thai school. Okay. Um, so I kind of could hear the noise of kicking the pads and, and punching, kicking. And, uh, I thought I'll go and investigate this Muay Thai because I wanted to do full contact. And that's how I got into, into Muay Thai. But basically I got started in martial arts, probably very similar to a lot of people bullied at school. I wanted to find out how to look after myself. Perfect. Okay, good. Let's talk about your introduction to Aikido then, because obviously the book's mainly talking yeah. about the Senshusei course, um, the highs and the lows of that course, which we'll also introduce in a little bit. Um, but yeah, why, why Aikido then from going from quite a tough style, I suppose, where you said the yes. fight for contact, yeah. um, Muay Thai is probably one of the hardest styles of martial arts in, in terms yes. of the Definitely. training, the yeah. fighting, everything, you know, yeah. and then you go to a soft, a soft, a softer martial art, I suppose, in terms of Aikido that's often portrayed that way. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things happened. I, I don't know whether to say this, but I will say it. When I, when I was growing up, I used to watch the Steven Seagal movies. Uh, I used to think, what's this guy doing? He was doing something that nobody else was doing. So I kind of knew what Aikido was. When I was very young, I did judo. I remember going as a kid to an Aikido class, not really understanding what it was all about, seeing people flipping and getting thrown. Um, so a couple of things happened. One night, uh, I was going out for a few drinks in town with my, uh, with my mate came around to my uh, my flat and uh, he said to me, hey, I've started this martial art, Aikido. And I'm like, oh, I know a bit about Aikido. Yeah. And he said, he said, grab my wrist and he did this thing. It was Tainahenko Ichi, I know now. Uh, and kind of 
push me and unbalance me. And I thought that's quite interesting. So he persuaded me to go to the shooter camp uh, in Nottingham where I started going. He stopped training. I carried on and took it to the extreme, which is, I guess, kind of my personality to take things to the extreme. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the introduction. The other, the other thing behind it, Muay Thai, you know, in Muay Thai terms, I was pretty old. I mean, I stopped training Muay Thai probably when I was 45. I'm 48 now. Um, So I wanted to do something and find something that perhaps wasn't as difficult on my body, was less challenging on my body. And I thought Aikido might be the answer. Turned out I was wrong when I got to Japan. (laughs) But at that time, I thought it might be the answer. So that's how I got into it. Cool. And how long did you do it in Nottingham? Because it was under Sensei Ken then, yeah, at the shooting camp. I yeah, think that's when we first camp. met. Yes, yeah, 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 back in the day. So I started at the shooter camp with Sensei Ken, uh, a couple of the other guys down there. Sensei Ken brought over um, a couple of guys from Poland, yes. uh, Sensei Seb, Sensei Michael, uh, who brought a kind of different feeling to the to the school. Um, Sensei Ken, great teacher, had a great time there, learned some incredible stuff. Um, but these guys kind of opened my eyes to Japan and what might be going on in Japan. Yeah. Um, and... I started to look, I read Angry White Pajamas, as I think everybody did. <laughs> yeah. I started, I read that Angry White Pajamas and I thought, I'm going to investigate this, this Sensei thing. And that's where that thing started. I got my black belt with Sensei Ken. Yeah. Um, but once I got my black belt in Nottingham, I kind of wanted to see what it might be like to get a black belt and have that experience in Japan. Perfect. Of course. Yeah, cool. So do you want to give a quick summary then maybe of the course, the Sensei course that people aren't aware of, but it's often been hailed as probably the toughest martial arts course yeah. in the world. Yeah, people, people say that. People say it's, it's potentially the toughest martial arts course. I, I don't know whether that's the case. I, the, the thing with the Sensei course, and this is probably something I didn't appreciate, it's the length of time that you're on it. Yeah. I mean, you're on it for 11 months and there are a few breaks here and there, but pretty much you're in it 11 months. Even when you're not at the dojo, mentally you're still there. So you don't get a lot of break. And I was, I was, I was um, doing the course, then I was teaching English for Berlitz. So it was a, a 24 hour type existence. Sure. The, the Sensei course, does it make you good at Aikido? I'm not convinced it does. Okay. It, was, it was originally started linked to the riot police course. It was the international arm that was trying to get people to go over to Japan, have an experience, and then go and export Yoshinkan Aikido around the world. What's interesting about my year is probably the majority of the people that I did the course with no longer train, train in Aikido. Interesting. It kind of okay. defeats the purpose of what that course was really all about. Yeah, but for, me, the sen- yeah for me, the Sensei course, it wasn't really about Aikido in the end. And I say this in the uh, introduction to the book, that this, this book is not about martial arts it is about martial arts but i got something much deeper and much more important from the course and i did the course 13 years ago in deciding to write the book i've contacted most of the people i did the course with and interestingly what they've told me is very much the same that you know a lot of them don't do aikido anymore but what they got from the course was something much much deeper okay fantastic good um had you ever been to Japan before? Was that Never. the first time when you went Never. there? So it was it Never. was truly a case of diving in with both feet and. and I tell you, I tell you what, I got on the plane. I've been to Thailand. I trained in Thailand Thai boxing. I've uh, been there four or five times, so I kind of knew you know the Asian culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I read a, a book called Culture Shock Japan before I went. And I remember in the front of this book it said, uh, "Remember in Japan." that Japan is not for you, it's for the Japanese. Yeah. And that was kind of, that was kind of, wow, okay. On the yeah. plane um, out there, I mean, I was, I, was pretty, I was pretty nervous. I was, I was going to Japan, a strange country for a long period of time. 
potentially at that point signing up for the course hadn't quite made up the mind whether my mind whether to do I was going to do the IPAN regular classes first yeah and I remember seeing on the plane they played a, a, a video it was on the, the TV on the, on the on the back of the sea it was Discovery Channel and it was filmed in the Oshinkan Hombu dojo okay. yeah. uh, and some of the characters that I ended up meeting and training with were on that video and it kind of just spurred me on uh, and gave me that encouragement that actually I can get to Japan I can go to the Hombu dojo all I've got to do is get there and find it and then I can make the decision whether to do the course or not yeah definitely okay what was the what was the time then that you decided yes I'm going for it I'm going to sign up I've now committed yeah. the next year of my life towards the Senshi Sai course yeah. when was that 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 moment happened in Japan yeah. I was pretty serious about doing it, otherwise I wouldn't have gone. But w- what happened on the mats in the Hombu Dojo at Ochii, you would have the, the Ipan, the regular students, at one side of the mats. And then the other side of the mats in the morning, the 8.30 class, you would see the Senshisei train. And the level of intensity, the shouting, the screaming, you know, just the, the brutality of what they were doing. I was, I was in the Ipan class and I, was, I wasn't breaking a sweat. And I'm like, hang on, if I'm going to do Aikido, I've got to do that course because I wasn't progressing fast enough. I didn't feel it was intense enough for me. I'd come from, you know, Muay Thai, you yeah. know, you go in the ring, you do 10 rounds on the, on the, on, on the pads, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard. And this didn't feel tough enough for me. So the Senshisei course, it was the, it was the thing. I read the Senshisei handbook, um, which they, they give you all these, this kind of list of stuff that you need to be prepared for. I'd read that before I went to Japan and just reading that, I don't know whether, and I say this in the book, I don't know whether they wrote it, to either encourage people to do the course or to dissuade them from doing the course because some of the right. stuff in there i mean it's hilarious some of the stuff that that, that was in that handbook which i share in the book yeah. um but it kind of spurred me on and i thought yeah i want to see if i can i can do this i want to see if i can get through 11 months of torment and come out smiling at the end decision was made it was done yeah so yes. you said it's 11 months of torture it's 11 months of, of really hard training yes. um, of of and it's designed really to, as you said, produce black belts that would then go out internationally yes. and teach. Yeah. Yes, correct. So yes. it's an 11 month course. So do you think that it's possible to achieve a good level of Aikido, good enough to teach, good enough to become a black belt in that time period? Because it seems very short comparatively to yeah. Yeah. But the intensity of the training. So Yeah, it, it, it's all about the intensity, Dan. I mean, if you, if you take somebody who's never done Aikido, and throw them into the Senshisei course, as was a couple of people on my course. At the end of 12 months, are they ready to teach Aikido? Probably not. If you take somebody who's got a black belt in Aikido, put them on the Senshisei course, at the end of 12 months, are they a different, um, are they a different student of Aikido, practitioner of Aikido at the end of that? Absolutely, most definitely. Because what, what, the, what the Yoshinkan Senshisei course gives you is rock solid foundations. And I'm a firm believer that you can, you can look at some, you can walk into a dojo anywhere in the world and you can look at somebody on the mat and you can tell if that person has done the Senshisei course because of the, the, the detail. For example, we did one class and it's in the, it's in the, in the book. I'll stop saying that in a minute, but it is in the book. <laughs> Every, everything's in the book. We did a class where we had half an hour in Kamai on the right side, half an hour on the left side. And that was it for the hours class. You know, we'd spend an hour doing, you know, Caesar and standing up back down all the basics and they, they they taught me i can't remember who which, which sensei told me this i think it was chida sensei so that if you have a problem with your jiawaza you go back to your kionwaza if you have a problem with your kionwaza you go back to your kiondosa problem with that kamai problem with that seiza 
and I, I kind of got it. It's like building a house, different levels. Sure. So it gives you it gives you great basics and a really strong, solid foundation. Mm. Um, but more than the physical aspects, what the Century Say course gives you is 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 a mental a mental state that can withstand a hell of a lot, <laughs> both on the mat and off the mat. And that was the real takeaway for me. Do you think your training beforehand helped you in the Senshu Sai course, both in Muay Thai and also your background, if you already had a Shodan or a first degree yeah. level in Aikido? Do you yeah. think that helped or was it kind of uh, back to basics anyway? You know, it doesn't really matter at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what it's I was pretty pretty resilient on the on the course. I got injured quite a lot, but I knew how to take a beating. You know, if you if you've done Muay Thai for a long period of time, you're used to getting kicked, punched. I knew how to take a beating. Yeah. The Aikido stuff that I'd done with Sensei Ken, you know, we had some tough classes there. So I was I was kind of my body was used to the hard or used to what the hard training might look like. So I guess I was probably more prepared than some. There were a few other people on the course that had done Aikido. Yeah. Uh, so I think it helped, but it was just a whole level of in intensity, more than just the actual physical shapes and the movements that you did. It was the constant screaming, the shouting. It's just a constant pressure. You know, I've not been in the army, but I imagine on day one, when you sign up for the army or whatever else, in fact, my, my, my friend on the course, Ronan, been in the military, and he told me one day, you know, it's very much like that first induction into the military where people are screaming and shouting at you. And, sure. and it, it's that confusion that you've got to get through and, and push on through. And that was a different level of intensity. It was, it was such an intense environment, such an intense place, both the, both the country and the, yeah. and the training. Yeah. The yeah. whole, the whole package. Perfect. Good. Um, what was a typical day like then? So obviously you had training, but you were also working to obviously fund your yes. stay there, fund your accommodation. Right. Well, I was, uh, I was training, all day I was going to uh, teach English at, at night. So typically yeah. I'd get up at 5.20 in the morning. Um, I'd be on the train, quick shower, I'd be on the train, get to the dojo for about seven. Um, seven o'clock, I'd be in cleaning. We'd have roll call, we'd have a morning meeting. We'd do the, the first 8.30 class, which is where the international instructors beat us, basically. Um, and then we had the Japanese would teach us, hour and a half class, and then another hour and a half class. But there was various bowing and ceremony and stuff that we had to do in between. I usually escape about um, about two o'clock, uh, and then at two o'clock I would either go home, have a short rest. But usually I would head off to Berlitz to teach until about ten o'clock at night, and then get the last last train home. So it was a it was a full on a full on day. Hence schedule to keep for eleven. Months. Yeah, yeah. L luckily in Japan they have these um, internet cafes. Okay. So uh, what I what I used to do sometimes they're not internet cafes like we have. In fact, we don't, don't think we have them here. But what what I do is I, I'd go to these internet cafes, and I get a booth. You get this private booth, and in Japan technology you get this you get this massage chair, reclining chair, and I go I go and sleep for an hour yeah. before I had to go to Berlitz. That's that's how I had to do it because yeah. uh, sometimes you didn't have time to go home. So it it, it was full on full on and that was the dojo was tuesday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday and then sunday monday uh sunday the do dojo was open sunday closed on monday and then it was back into it but we had a whole host of other stuff that we'd have to do at the weekends and yeah you were never free full on. like that yeah. yeah full on let's talk about um some of the stages then that the sense you say go through so it's broken into four stages yeah the 11 months yes Yes. So Daiichi, Daini, Daisan, Daiyon. Correct. So yes. Daisan is the black belt test, is that correct? Yeah, Shodan test, yeah, so, that was the longest phase. Yeah, so what was it like to be to be graded at the Yoshinkan Hombu Dojo in front of 
Kanchese, was it Inoue Kancho at that point? Uh, for or Shodan, Chido. it was definitely, definitely can, Inoue Kancho, yeah. Chida Sensei, Chino Sensei. Yeah. Um, talk about Chino Sensei in a minute, I think. Yeah, talk about him in a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, before, when I got to Japan, I went on a, a Gashko, a summer camp, uh, just a two or three day thing. This was a Nippon student. And I remember going to that and just being in total awe of seeing Chida Sensei, Inoue Kancho, Takeno Sensei was there. Yeah. Uh, on the mats and i was like wow i mean i'm in japan and this is when i wrote matt who's in the book my friend back at the shooter kind of letter and he decided yeah. to come and train but another story if you want to ask me about um when when you get into the humble environment you kind of you're kind of a bit starstruck to begin with because yeah. you've you've heard about all these people but the, the more you get to know them the more you realize they're just normal people and the more kind of the more you take it for granted that you're on the mats with these people i mean you know aikido aikido gods really the the, yeah. the most famous aikido practitioners um aside from the founder and and kancho gozo shioda probably you know chida yeah. sensei anyway kancho yeah. um so it was surreal but you know they walk around with their clipboards um very similar to how we used to do it in england and you just you just you just forget about it you crack on you, you you're so well trained that you have you do stuff without thinking yeah and i talk a bit about this in the book that i had to drill it into my subconscious because under the pressure of the exam unless you unless you knew it inside deep inside you won't be able to perform mm -hmm. so um it was all about drilling 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 but show the showdown phase die die san yeah was the long uh, that was like a long haul flight with no entertainment let me tell you that was yeah. like that was like five i think four or five months of relentless training technique yeah. like mock test yeah. yeah 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 just 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 relentless and we had we had various embus you know demonstrations that we had to do you know they were all consuming as well the the course was about withstanding not just the the, the pain of of hard training every day but it was about the mental ability to withstand the monotony at times because it was it was just relentless over and, over. and, and it was quite one of the challenges in writing the book was if i did a diary of every single day you get bored because a lot of there's a <laughs> yeah, lot of repetition so what i've done what i've done is extract various different stories that illustrate a certain part of the course and then told that story so you are reading what it what pretty much in as much detail probably as ever has been written yeah. as to what that course is about without realizing that you're necessarily on that chronological journey yeah yeah it does go into a lot of detail in the course so it does it does when you're writing it and you're reading it and it feels like you're there and it yes. is you can feel the pain that you're going through yeah um and you can feel also some of your opinions on some of yes. the teachers that you um yes. studied under and it's Absolutely. clear from the book that you have you respect them all but you have more of a respect for some than you do for others, perhaps. Correct. Correct. And I think, I think one of the reasons I've waited so long to write this book, I mean, lo lockdown, being, yeah. lo being locked <laughs> up at home. Sure. That's been the perfect window to do the this. Catalyst. Yeah. yeah. That's been the catalyst, but there has been something, it's probably been something delaying me doing it because some of the stuff I write about, I know that some people are going to read and they're going to think, I don't agree with this guy and that, that's fine and what i say very much at the start of the book is this was my experience sure. this was my experience at the time it's not necessarily my view now because what's in there is i'd train every day i'd go home i'd write a diary as i felt then 
in the in the moment so it's unsanitized it's it's, it's true to how i felt well to answer your question yes there were for example chida sensei you know aikido god i refer to him in the book as sure. i think he probably taught our century say year three or four times okay in a whole year yeah um you know Akancho taught us maybe once or twice we'd see him on the mats but we didn't see him that often so you kind of you kind of try and emulate the teacher that you spend most time with and that teacher was chino yeah. sensei um and i really liked his style of aikido because i watched Pretty his cool. yeah just i mean the, the, the size of the guy yeah uh, and the focus of him, it was incredible. And I was lucky enough to take some of his techniques. I mean, he had a reputation for destroying his okay. I've seen that happen in the dojo. I'll talk about that, tell some stories about that. Um, you know, a very, very skilled practitioner of Aikido. I felt his technique. And for somebody that small to generate such power and to be able to control a guy like me, 85 kilos or whatever I was, probably a bit lighter then, uh, was just incredible. So he became the style of Aikido that I wanted to to have and i think very much at the yoshinkan there were two schools there was the the, the cheetah school and there was the chino school and i don't think i'll talk a bit about this i don't think there was any love lost between those uh, those two camps but i i like i like people who are focused i like people who are dedicated and there's a there's a story i can tell you it now if you want me to tell you it's a bit yeah, of a yeah. to, i so, think this so, might be the one that i'm going to mention anyway that's in the book you're going to mention it okay i stole yeah. your thunder yeah, um, yeah that's good so as the sensei say, we had to entertain the, the sensei at all of the parties, various different parties. I forget exactly which party it was, but one of the parties we did, I think it was before Christmas, we've got all the senseis lined up, they're eating, they're drinking, um, and Chino sensei's not there. And we're like, where's Chino sensei? We need to find him. This is not good to lose a sensei at a sensei's party. Yeah. So we look all around the hombo, and we, we, we hear, we find out that he's actually sat in the kitchen, the sensei's kitchen, and he sat there on his own watching old VHS clips of Kansho Gozo Shioda yeah. at a party. Now, to me, that is a guy who is dedicated. That is a guy who is extreme yeah. at what he believes in and what his mission is in life. And I, I had massive respect for that. I know he gets a bad press. He's had a bad press, I think, maybe recently. I don't, I don't get into all that politics of the Yoshinkan, but sure. I know there are politics. Yeah. But all I can talk about is my experience of him, how he treated me, how he treated the Coxeye, the international students. Um, I found him very gracious, very skilled and very dedicated. And to me, that's impressive. Very impressive. Perfect. Good. Yeah, that was the one that I was going to mention as well. I think I just, just showed <laughs> the level of dedication, isn't it? Of just, yeah. Yes. I watching that. He was known as a bit of a breaker, though, um, yes. of like the bone setter and just, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Very difficult. So what's your thoughts on that? Because in the relationship of Aikido, you've got the Shtei and you've got the Uki. Yeah. And in a way, the Uki is kind of at the mercy of the Shtei because yes. you give your body to them and you kind of go, all right, well, I'm going to attack you. And it's it's ritualized in a way because it's it's not a fight. It's mm. a demonstration. And you go, yes. okay, well, I'm going to attack you at this point, in this way, at this time. You know what's coming. Yeah. Um, and yet still certain individuals, and I've been on the end of it before, and I'm sure you've been on the end of it before. I definitely have, yeah. Will, I definitely have. Will take liberties with that and yes. crank something a little bit harder or do something that's just a bit of a dick move sometimes. And it's like, yeah. okay. So what's your thoughts on that? And did you experience, I'm sure you did experience it during the century. We, we, we experienced it a lot with the Ipan students. So okay, yeah. we, we, 
we would find that, and I do I talk about this as well. I'll stop saying, I'm going to start, I'll stop saying that. It's all in the book. <laughs> I'm not trying to sell the book, but it is all in the book. Um, we would find that when we went on the summer camps or when we spent time in the Saturday morning classes where we shared a class with the, the regular students, that they would sometimes try and take liberties with us. And whether it was kind of this badge of honor, hey, I cranked it on a bit hard with the censure, say, or they just thought we could take it. From my perspective, that wasn't that wasn't okay and we we formed this very very close like band of brothers and one sister there was uh, 12 guys one 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 girl yeah. we formed this tight unit if anyone messed with any of us we would we would seek and destroy and make sure send in lloyd send in lloyd <laughs> or or roman send in either of those two we would we would we would seek and destroy and make sure that that student knew that taking liberties wasn't because bear, bearing in mind my background where i come from yeah. i got bullied at school yeah. i don't like bullies and 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 if somebody bullies somebody else then we're going to put it right so we did that we we're a very very tight unit we to answer your question about the shayoki relationship mm. coming from a striking background i always found that quite difficult to get my head around and to be honest have i got my head around it to this day i'm not 100 percent sure aikido is a dangerous martial art in the wrong hands and the stay okay relationship in my view is about practicing the techniques in a controlled manner to understand somebody else's body mechanics so you can then take your understanding to apply that technique properly properly if you needed to do that but i did see instances where you know for, for, for example there's one instance where i was uh, i was okay for stay i'm not going to mention who it is but i was okay and i'm running in with a, a shomenuchi strike an overhand strike or was a yokum strike one or the other and and the stay just chops me across the side of the head you know here and i'm like well hang on a minute hang on a minute mate you know if we're going to play that game yeah i've got i've got some muay thai i can pull out the back <laughs> yeah. and trust me i'm very happy to do it yeah. so for me that was overstepping the mark sure but you've got to feel the technique. You've got to experience what the technique technique feels when it's put on properly. And, and for me, and this is in this is in uh, Aikido, and also in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, I learn most as okay. Yeah. Because you feel the sensei's or the instructor's technique. So I always want to be okay, but not when people take liberties. Yeah. Um, that passed down as well. Then, so we'll talk a little bit about the Sawanin. Um, the Sawanin, yeah. Sawanin, yeah. Yes and you've had your ups and downs with them it's again it's in the book there was there was two so it's graham and malik malik yes yep. yes yes and malik especially was a bit of a rocky road they were kind of like good with. cop bad cop right yeah they were like good, and i've been in touch with both of them since okay. since the I, basically what happened I, I wrote the book and then i contacted everybody and said hey i've written a book which has given them an opportunity to come back to me and sure. talk to me about stuff and both of them have been very very gracious they were they looking back on it now they had a job to do and i say this right at the end of the book despite whatever i say about the seven whatever i say about the seven they did and it happened because i wrote it down so i know yeah. but why did they do it is the more important thing and if i'd have gone and done that course and there was no hardship there was no struggle yeah i'd have got to the end of the course and yeah i'd be sent you say but I wouldn't have experienced what it meant to be say. So although we had our ups and downs and they kind of changed places 
partway through the course. Yeah. The good became bad and the bad became good <laughs> to a certain extent. Sure. I have a huge amount of positive feeling towards both of them and always well. And I probably did when I was there, but when you're in the thick of it, you don't always think that way. Sure. But um, they made they made that year and the people I was with made that year and they had a job to do and they, they did it. I mean, they did it well. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. that. They did some stupid stuff, but you know, I was learning to be a century say while they were learning to be seven in. We're all learning. We're just at yeah. different stages of the journey. Yeah, fantastic. Um, let's talk about post Sensusei course then. So okay. you stayed in Japan for a little while after. Is that yes. correct? Yes, yeah. I did, yeah. Why yeah. was there a re Did you want to um, see it off? Or? I wanted to see what Japan was like without having to get up at 20 past five in the morning <laughs> and, enough, go to, yeah. and go to the dojo. And I, I, I went and did some of the Japan classes at the Hombu, but it wasn't quite the same. I used to, I used to turn up to the Chino's classes um, more often than not, but it wasn't quite the same while I was, while I was on the course, I was, I was doing something I shouldn't be doing because since you say basically means one focus or specialist. And I, we were told you shouldn't train in other martial arts, but because I'd got my background in Muay Thai, I was training at Fairtex in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, I was also training at Axis Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. So I spent most of that three or four months that I stayed um, doing Muay Thai and mainly Axis Jiu Jitsu to try and improve my Jiu Jitsu skills. Um, but then I went to Australia. Yeah. Um, the plan was to emigrate to Australia. Okay. In fact, the plan originally was only able to go to Japan probably for a few months on the way to australia right. interesting yeah. but i got so immersed in japanese culture and the way of life that i wanted to i wanted to stay got to australia lovely country trained uh, under sensei joe for a bit down there did some brazilian jiu-jitsu down there some muay thai down there yeah. but um i kind of missed i kind of missed home and this is going to sound very strange but there felt like there was a real reason to be in japan because it was so different yeah when i was in australia it felt like, well, it looked like, apart from the, they got the sun, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, it looked like England, except yeah. it, was, it was England at the age of 35 that my friends weren't there. Yeah. And I, I missed them. So I, I ended up coming back to the UK. Yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough and, and mention enough. And I talk, I talk about this in quite a lot of detail. When you do that say thing and you do it for 11 months and suddenly it stops, that void in your life that it leaves you think while you're on the course you want that void yeah. but when you get it all you want is to be back there back in the game you want to be back in the game and one of the last chapters in the book is called bittersweet yeah. and we shouldn't talk about what's in that chapter but it's a very it's a very moving heartfelt chapter and you've read it you know what's in it yeah. and that was like it makes me quite emotional thinking about that chapter for, for what's in it mm -hmm. and, and, and the things that happened and how we all went off in our different directions. Yeah. So yeah, it left a massive void. And to be honest, mate, I was, I was lost. I'm, I'm a 35 year old man. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Mentally strong, physically strong. Don't know what I was doing. Didn't know where I, where I fitted. Didn't know what I wanted to do. And through trial and error, I eventually got myself back on track, but I would say I was in the wilderness for like three or four years after that course. Yeah, yeah. Probably similar to people coming out of the army, people who've had a boxing career who suddenly retire. They don't know what to do or where to, to, to put their energies. I felt very much like that. Yeah.
What do you think the Sense You Say course has given you now then, looking back yeah. um, after writing the book and things like that? What's it given you that you think you couldn't have got from training maybe at somewhere else or training a different yeah. way or, or, or training in, in anything really? I think it's the defining moment of my life. Okay. I think it's, it's the one thing I will look back on that I can say, wow, what an experience that yeah. was. Um, what's it given me? It's given me a way of thinking and being that I think is quite different from other people, apart from my other sense, you say, people. Because I, I kind of, I push forward in life now. I don't see obstacles. I don't whinge. I don't whine. I just either do something or I don't. Yeah. Um, and I think we all face challenges in life. We're all going to get challenged. We're in a challenge now, right now with coronavirus, but it's how you decide you're going to turn up and meet those challenges. And Sensei say prepares you, I think for any challenge life can throw at you. It makes you mentally strong. It gives you a resilient and the belief in yourself because you've been some, through something so difficult that you can get through anything. And that's important. The other thing it's given me is a, is an incredible brotherhood. Of, of people that I met on the other side of the world from all over the place. And, and um, you know, for example, since, since giving you the proof copy of the book to have a look yeah. at, I've had back and forth conversations on a daily basis with, with Ronan, who was one of my closest friends uh, on the course. I never would have met him. He's from, he's from Israel. He came into, he came into, in, into Tokyo. We became really good friends. Yeah. Um, I would never have had that connection with different people from different places in the world. And, 13 years after I've spoke to some of these people yeah. we are back in touch now like it was yesterday yeah yeah it's amazing amazing oh very cool yeah um why did you stop Aikido then because you're not training it now you've, you've gone to, to now yeah, yeah. You've gone to so yeah. why stop after this 11 months of, of of hardship and doing this thing in in at the Hombu which is the mecca yes. For your yes. Shinkan Aikido practice. It is. It is. And yeah. then the Sensusei course, which is, you know, probably the top, mm. um, yeah, the top level of respect probably in the Yoshinkan as well in terms of if you're a student. If yes. you complete that, it's, you know, a good mark of respect. Yes. Um, you come back and, and now you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. And I have thought long and hard about this because I knew you were going to ask me this. And I have thought long and hard about, yeah. hard about it over the years. And, I think the I think the answer to your question is this. When you've had the highest high, anything else that doesn't get you to that highest high is not quite the same. And since the course, I trained with some fantastic teachers, um, learned some incredible things in Aikido, but I can never quite recreate the high of what it was to be in Japan on the mats at the Hombu Dojo. So that's one reason. The second reason is Aikido, I don't believe is that good for your body in the long term. In, in, in our particular year, we had um, a class called Zagaku, which is, it basically means sit and learn. And we did this every week. And this was a 30, 40 minute Seiza class. Now, I know you sat in Seiza and hopefully, well, I don't, I'm not going to say hopefully, I'm sure other people watching this have sat in Seiza. But we would sit in Seiza to the point where your legs fell asleep, the, the pain. I've, I've seen, you know, my colleagues crying on the course in pain from the pain in their legs. And the course did do irreparable, irreparable damage, I think, to at least one of my knees. Yeah. And I, training back in the UK, what I was finding is 
I still wanted to train with the same in intensity of, of Sensei, say, but I couldn't get to my feet as fast. I would have to spend a day recovering afterwards. And I thought long-term Aikido is not good for my body. I, well, I, I got what I wanted from Aikido, I think, which is, which is this yep. mental strength and understanding of body mechanics. Yep. Jiu-Jitsu is much kinder on my body. Okay. Um, so I, I'm, I think I can do that until, you know, until the day I die, hopefully, but I don't think I could say the same for Aikido. Fair enough. Brilliant. So when is the book out then, Simon? Tell us so, can, so the book is out. speak about the book now. There you go. Plug officially. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the proof copy. Um, yeah. so the book is out on the 1st of July. It's available to pre-order now on amazon.co.uk. Um, it is just in the final throes of, of edits, the version that you've seen, I will send you a new version. Um, your version is probably about 85% of what it's going to be. There's various bits being added and fine tuned, but, uh, it'll be out on the 1st of July, Amazon worldwide. Very excited to see, uh, the response. Um, you know, are people gonna, are people gonna relate to it? I hope so. Are people in Aikido going to be interested in it? I hope so. I got my wife's friend to read it. She's yeah. nearly through it and she's never done martial arts in her life. And she phoned us up last night. She said, I'm really enjoying it because yes, it is set in a martial arts school, but it's about so much more than that. And, and what I wanted to do, and if you look at the cover, what I wanted to do, it's not called, you know, Sensuse course. It's, it's, it's got a picture of me with a black belt. That's the only clue. It's about martial arts. It's a true story about the courage to stand up, keep going and never give in. And that to me was what Sensuse was all about. So 1st of July, unless you want to pre-order. Cool. Yeah, fantastic. So thank you very, very much for speaking to us. My uh, pleasure. Enjoy yeah, it. I highly recommend the book. As I said, I finished it in a couple of days. So yeah, it's, it's, it hooks you in. It's very you're, good. You're, 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 you're a fast reader. That's 166,000 words there. You, yeah, you've yeah. done well. You've done well. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, very good. So yeah, thank you very much, Simon. All right. Perfect. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Take Thank care. you. Bye. Bye-bye.